Hello everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of the Exchange COVID-19 and Beyond. It's me and my co-host, Tony Adegutemo, Paul Lady. Thank you. Thanks, Maggie. Uh, on this episode, we also added a new host, Shade Moore. Thanks, Maggie. For our bi-weekly listeners, I'm sure you've noticed something different about today's show, but let me spare you the guessing game. This is the first episode for our youth segment. Now, normally, I would be behind the scenes helping to edit and create content, but today I have the honor of being host. Yeah, I know you've obviously heard me before on our podcast, but today we're doing something different and we're focusing on the youth and how they're making impact during this pandemic. Yes, we do have some exciting guests on the show. We have Terry Agaha, a Nigerian based in the UK. We have Hadita Guli Raza from Pakistan, Charles Aborisad, and Nadia Colbert from the United States of America. Before we go into the nitty gritty of our discussion today, Shadi, we want to know how the lockdown has been treating you during this pandemic. Well, Paul, I'm not gonna lie, I've been better, but this pandemic has made college life pretty stressful. But on the other hand, I have developed a new obsession with coloring books since the lockdown started. What about you, Paul? What have you been up to? Well, I mean, you know, just the regular, uh, and relaxing, doing more work as usual, but, uh, just hanging in there, as always, like the rest of us. So yeah. Okay, let's get straight into the business. Hello, guys. How are you guys doing? Um, um, how's lockdown been treating you guys? Because um, I know you guys are from uh, different parts of uh, the globe. How are you guys doing? So yeah, I guess I can start. Um, lockdown has been pretty. Um, as well, as you guys alluded to earlier, um, it's been pretty stressful. Not gonna lie. Um, especially when juggling school. And now coming home, doing a lot of personal um, home life. So it's like a lot we have to juggle. But in the grand scheme of things, I've, it's been a pretty uh, seamless and pretty good transition for me, um, at least. Um, and I'm in New Jersey, which is like right next to New York, which is kind of like the worst of it in the States. So um, having the restrictions and being having to adhere to those while also um, trying to maintain some sense of resemblance of what, what it was. Um, is the, the strike and that balance has uh, been pretty uh, manageable, I could say. And ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, Charles uh, Aborishade. He's uh, based in New Jersey. He's with uh, the West Orange Democrats, and uh, they have a, a pandemic youth response team. Am I correct? Yes, you are. Um, just to explain kind of what the pandemic youth response team is, kind of, it's just a little initiative we put together where we um, work with senior citizen services as well as ShopRite and uh, other vendors from across town. Um, and what we do is we provide delivery services for groceries, for especially for elderly and immunocompromised individuals. So they don't have to uh, risk their lives trying to go out and get basic necessities. Um, and then on top of that, we also have um, a tutoring, online tutoring with uh, elementary school, uh, local elementary school uh, students. So being able to do those two things is pretty great. That's interesting. Terry, how are you? How's everything in the UK? Yeah, um, yeah, um, the UK is a little bit interesting and quiet as well. Um, school has been really quiet as well. We've been doing more online and technically it takes more time than expected. So at first I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be so interesting and have more time. But it tends to take almost the whole day. You'll be out of your system or doing something else. 
But apart from that, um, one of the pros is that it has it gave me more time to think about things and re-strategize and make more de um, better decisions and stuff like that. Um, and also, uh, I'm part of an organization as well, the uh, Harvard Chapel. Um, it's a charity organization as well, so we we tend to uh, involve in um, helping people around, especially the international students. We focus more on international students as well. Uh, we try to help them with supplies and try to make sure that they are they are okay, both mentally and um, in every ramification. Uh, Hadika, how, how are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Um, yeah, so the government just eased the restrictions of lockdown here and the as I'm working as a science coordinator with UNICEF, right, UNESCO, so uh, there we have 300 kids with us, which are from four of countries of uh, Pakistan, and they have self-identified as they have no or less internet. So I'm in, uh, involved in uh, to get the content from the different science teachers working in the schools, and uh, we get printed that course packs and then USBs with our lectures and assigned videos on them, as roads were currently uh, are currently closed. So it take, it's taken some time also, um, you know, uh, as the government just eased uh, the restrictions. So the Pakistani health experts, they have a fear that there must be a steep rise in already raging, uh, you know, the coronavirus cases in the country in days to come following uh, these restrictions. And also the one thing which is bothering here that confirmed cases are raising, it's like, 54,000 now, like it's, uh, you know, today's uh, count and there is 1,100 deaths and 16,000 recovered cases with us. And uh, also during that, we just, I'm just involved in writing a review on, you know, that's something we can do while sitting at home and not. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, Nadia, how's everything going? Yeah, so everything's going good over here. Um, so our governor has just extended our stay home order till um, June 12th. I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So yeah, so we just got extended to June 12th. Um, um, a lot of our uh, people here are kind of frustrated more that it's being extended more and more each time. Um, so you, we're seeing a lot of more people out due to the good weather that is finally here. Um, we have sunshine for like the whole week. So there's a lot of people that are out um, still practicing social distancing. Um, so I work at a psychiatric hospital here in Grand Rapids. And so we're here to help anybody that um, is going through a stressful time um, and taking in any people that needs any cares. And so we're just trying to stay safe and also using the um, appropriate protection for us to make sure that there isn't more spreading. So yeah, we're doing good over here. Okay, so let's jump right into it. So we're in a global pandemic as it is obviously, and that's what's brought us all together. A virus that has no respect for anybody. One that has brought the whole world to a standstill. Yes, well, let's start with each guest countries and the COVID impact so far. Currently in Pakistan, there are over 50,000 cases and over 1,000 deaths. In the UK, there are over 200,000 cases and over 36,000 deaths. And in the US, over 1 million cases. So you can only imagine. Now, uh, let me start with you, Charles. Um, how, we've already talked about how you're coping with the pandemic. So 
let's talk about the West Orange Democrats and um, the pandemic youth response team that you've uh, that you set up, which is attached to uh, your program. So can you uh, explain more on this and how this initiative came up? Yeah, so it basically started with a friend of mine who is a pre-med. Um, and we, he, we was having a conversation with him. And at this time, I already established the West Orange Young Dems. So I was able to, I already had connections with the town and um, um, resources like that. However, uh, my friend, when he came up to me, we were talking about like what we can do in the town and how we could uh, potentially help um, the situation. And what we eventually came up with was basically the PYRT, Pandemic Response Team. His knowledge on medical and his medical background um, and then the resources I was able to uh, to conjure up with the town and um, the different and the people within the uh, our, our town um, led us to create uh, what we have today with the PYRT. And with that, it's been a great experience being able to combine our resources and work with um, other vendors and other organizations within town um, to actually get supplies to the people who need it most. And it's, Basically, that's pretty much the story of how it uh, all started. And Drog, how many people in the community were you able to reach with supplies? And in the community, were you able to reach the supplies to everyone? Or how were the resources uh, divvied up? So the resources for, well, the resources are divvied up. It's not as if, so we don't really take a lot of like, we don't like get donations and then just send it out to people. What we actually do is that people will um, get requests for, for whatever whatever they need. And then we would go out um, and get, and they would first provide the money for us first. And then we would use that, their money to get, go out and buy what they need. So it's not like we're having to divvy out things. We just get what the other people need um, as they need it. And um, as far as how many people we've been able to help, first we started sometime last month and so far we've been able to help around around 50 people um in town so it's actually been a great experience um doing that but not only the number is way more um when you count the factor in uh, the tutoring that we also provide we've been able to provide tutoring to uh to a countless number of uh, elementary school students uh within our town so for that regard the number is probably way higher um so we've been able to make a large impact on uh and the vast majority, large majority of people in town. Well, that is amazing. I hope you and the rest of the West Orange Democrats will be able to continue to help during this pandemic and as much as you can. But I'd like to steer to a different way. I have a question for Terry. So I know that you are part of the Harvest Chapel International, and yeah. I understand this is a church and specifically operating from the Midlands in the UK. So could you tell us a little bit about your organization and how it's responding to the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, um, I joined Have a Chapel um, in 2016 when I came in here to do my master's in, uh, with the University of Nottingham. And one of the things about this um, organization was uh, they are more uh, interested in more of international students, like because if you're familiar with the system here, most of the time, most of the benefits go more to the home students or um, those around the those that are from the UK or within the community here. So they are committed to helping uh, the international students to do things. So like, for instance, in this COVID pandemic, uh, for my, I can say from, I've witnessed personally, like they've gone for like three rounds to about 40 to 50 students, like because of because of the uh, pandemic, uh, most of the students on visa, the TFO visa can't really, really work. 
because of the lockdown mm-hmm. and hence they have like little or no funds coming in so they are really really yeah. struggling so what they do is that um, they get um, donations from um, people around from the community and they prepare they prepare food they prepare supplies and donate it to each every student or every international student that um, they're made aware of uh, at homes in their homes in the comfort of their homes and I've, for instance, I've witnessed about three rounds already. So you just get a knock on the door with social distancing in mind as well. Keep the supplies at your food, at your doorstep as well, and that will go well as well. Uh, Terry, and uh, just just to follow up on, uh, on on what you said, these people that uh, you're assisting are uh, are they are they old people or are they um, just people in the Nottingham area in the UK? Yeah, so uh, yeah, in the Nottingham area, like uh, recently, like two weeks ago, they went to they do charities as well. They go to the Hope uh, for the Nation. It's a charity organization for the homeless and um, kids as well. And they also help students as well because uh, I think uh, mostly the international students. That's what they really focus on as well because people within Nottingham, especially because the uh, organization is based all over the world, but the branch I am with is the one based in Nottingham. And so they really help supply with everyone around the community here. Interesting, interesting. Now let's uh, turn uh, my uh, attention to, uh, or our attention to Hadika in uh, Pakistan. Now you're working as a science coordinator at the Light of Hope School under United We Reach UNESCO. I hope that's the full title. And I know part of your job is to provide free education to students in Pakistan. So now I wanted to ask you, how has your organization responded to this crisis and um, how are they keeping kids engaged during this period? Are there like any online platforms set up to aid learning uh, for kids in Pakistan? Okay, so the organization I'm working with, we basically work for underprivileged kids around. And uh, there are few, uh, there are about 200 kids who have self-identified and they are as they are from far off areas of Pakistan, right? And they are with no or little internet access. So what we do, we have, we cannot uh, send them, you know, online videos, and we cannot record our lectures online. So, but we do, we record our lectures and everything, and we upload those lectures on the USBs and uh, the printed coursework and we delivered them to their homes uh, by personally visiting them or the other person in a, in a, in a you know, staff who visit the kids and deliver those things to the home. Because of the restrictions in the last uh, month, we were unable to do it like uh, on a very often basis, but we were doing uh, this, you know, whenever we, we were able to do that and also we are also interested in like if someone there are few kids we are still not uh, not able to contact them and we are planning to give them incomplete grade so that when they they will be back with us so they can start that that particular course uh, from the same uh, pace also the i'm working because this college is under uh, this school is under the common christian college that is uh, that is basically run by us government so 
for this whole uh, scenario, like three, four months, people, uh, kids are not being charged with the fees and all. Or if they, they, they identify that they are not getting any uh, necessities, so we 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 are like uh, we uh, we uh, volunteer for them. We uh, have the donations, like all the teachers and coordinators, and we uh, provide them with the ration and the food and different necessities. Yeah, this is what uh, uh, we are doing nowadays with our kids and all. Yeah. Thank you for that. Now, Hadita, I'm curious. What is the age group? for the majority of the kids that are receiving this help? Okay, so uh, because the, uh, the, uh, under, uh, it's an elementary school, so you have the age group like 15 years, 13, 15, yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Hadika, for everything. And I just wanted to change direction again to Nadia. As a psychiatric technician during COVID, what are some of the mental health issues that have spiked that you've noticed? Yeah, so here um, at our hospital, I've noticed there's been um, a spike in um, anxiety. There's lots of people coming in that are very stressed because they are um, they're unemployed due to this COVID-19. A lot of them are... Um, either they're not getting their jobs back just because the place that they worked at are either shutting down or some of them do not qualify for unemployment. Um, so here the, I've seen lots of um, different mental health conditions coming in and an increase of alcohol and drug use. So um, we've been taking in a lots of new people, um, mainly a lot of people that are affected during these COVID-19 days. Um, it's been a lot of essential workers or non-essential workers that are not able to receive any pension or any money to help them through these times because they just do not qualify or they just haven't been at a job long enough to qualify for um, unemployment. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I see around in our hospital. Yeah, and I've also heard about like the influx and there, the amount of patients. There's been a lot. So how have you and your coworkers been able to combat all these problems? Yeah, so during this time, um, we are a very huge hospital in um, the Grand Rapids area. We're one of our, we're one of the biggest in the West Michigan area. And man, um, what hospital is this? This is Pine Rest Christian Mental Health Services. So we're one of the biggest mental uh, psychiatric hospital in West Michigan. Um, and so just being there, me and our staff, we're just making sure we're wearing our correct um, things for keeping us safe as a staff. Um, just because we do take in anybody that come in. So we are making sure we're taking temperatures. They are giving the COVID test to all of our patients there. Um, so we just wanna make sure that we're staying safe as ourselves because we can come into contact with anybody that needs any help. But we're not denying any services, so we are bringing in all um, all different age groups for anybody that needs our help. But we are just going to make sure that we're staying safe at the same time. Yeah, I hope you are wearing your mask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are. It's mandatory here. Uh, thank you for that, Nadia. Um, so I just want to ask now, from your perspective, and Nadia, maybe you could go first. Uh, from your perspective. What do you see changing globally or within your region during post-COVID? Because I know Michigan has been hardly hit. Um, so what do you think would change within your region 
Yeah, so um, in our region, I just believe that more people are going to be conscious of um, making sure they're doing good hygiene. Also, just keeping a distance just because they want to be aware of anything could happen. It could be another spike anytime. Um, so I just see in our future that hopefully people are still going to um, try to be more safe than usual and just to take precautions and keeping good hygiene. Interesting. Uh, Charles, what do you think would change in um, the West Orange area in New Jersey? Because I know New Jersey has been hardly hit as well um, by this virus. So, yeah, that's actually very interesting because the other day I was actually just reading an article talking about how this pandemic has sort of created like a police state sort of in some regions. Have you seen higher levels of uh, police uh, enforcement? of trying to, to try to mitigate the effects of COVID-19. I think when we think of a world, or when we try to imagine a world post-COVID, we're gonna have to, like Nadia alluded to, the, uh, take into account the the possibility of a spike. And no one wants to, everyone wants to um, mitigate that spike as much as possible. I think in the post-COVID world, we're going to see a lot of, not only um, like businesses, schools, making more formal and, um, checkpoints when it comes to, uh, to everyday travel and stuff, but also we see in the public walking in the streets um, and doing stuff like along those lines, there's going to be a lot more enforcement of certain rules to try to make sure we don't see the spike uh, and try, if we do see a spike, to mitigate it as possible. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Terry, uh, what in your perspectives, what would change in your part of, of the world, in the UK specifically, because they also have cases in London. Um, I don't know too much about the Midlands, but I know in London it's pretty, it's pretty hardly hit. I think I'm going to talk from two perspectives. The first one will be from in terms of priorities, because I work with a charity and I found out that people now get a better clarity about their priorities, like in terms of relationships, family, career paths, and tend to choose what is the best um, option for them. Because with this now, make people to like have a, like a pause, pause time to think, to reflect about some of their decisions they're carrying out presently in life as well. And also the second part will be uh, because I'm a PhD student as well uh, with the University of Nottingham and. One of the things I, I think moving forward we affect is the way um, classes and the education sector is being delivered lecture as well. Because one of the questions I always ask myself now is that because most of the classes are being, um, we have it on Zoom or on Teams or Microsoft Teams. And he now asks the question or begs the question of uh, what is the really, is it really important to have this face-to-face -face teaching? like? It should be something that could be looked into as well, because um, although, for instance, in Nottingham, uh, in UK generally, Boris Johnson has laxed uh, the lockdown. Uh, he gave uh, like, if you can't work from home, you should go to work. But the university sent an email around like that we have to still stay at home for a period of time, and every time we're working smoothly as well. And so, in two perspectives, in terms of priorities and in the education sector as well, that. Uh, we need to re-evaluate re our decisions and some of the activities we do. And finally, like um, the first speaker said, um, more self-awareness as well, because personal hygiene has been on the rise as well. And people are now more self-conscious about what they do and how they keep clean basically, yeah. Correct, correct, correct. And last but not least, Hadika, um, what do you think would change post-COVID in Pakistan? Okay, so as far as uh, the health uh, structure is concerned, 
I think uh, our health um, is, um, infrastructure will become more competent and they will, you know, before when we get the first case here and then up till now we developed our own test uh, uh, testing machinery and all also we in, uh, we made the hospital more uh, more uh, uh, you know uh, if they can more accommodate they they are now they can now more accommodating i think uh, we will become more uh, proactive uh, when it uh, if, if, if as nadia said that if there is an other spike of uh, pandemic uh, in near future or in future also um and I, and also the people will become more uh, aware of you know personal hygiene and how to you know they become uh, more uh, more into all these things like uh, social distancing and all and i think in uh, in in future uh, uh, you know there is no need people like can uh, do we uh, uh, can uh, tell uh, uh, there is no need for campaign okay there is a big campaign in pakistan there's keep yourself safe yourself safe wear mask and all but in future i think people are well aware of doing all these things and all yeah we appreciate you guys for um coming on the show it's nice to have uh, a different perspective um beyond the african perspective of what is going on in the us the uk uh, pakistan don't you agree shadi yes and it's great to hear what's happening with our youth you know we've been concerned i mean they've still been going to school they still need resources but thanks guys we have come to the end of the episode We've all heard what all the young people are doing across the world. We would like to thank our listeners. Again, I'm Toyin Adigbitemo. Be safe and please stay well.